You guys, today is a special day. I am so excited. But first, let me say welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast, where we dig deep into the real and the raw of motherhood and marriage, friendships, and day-to-day life with a gospel foundation. We live life side by side as the Living Easy community, seeking growth and change because we are more than our mess, thanks to God's grace. Today's guest, Jesus Culture's Kim Walker-Smith, is a Grammy-nominated worship singer, and today I'm feeling so thankful and maybe fangirling just a little bit because she's as lovely and kind as I imagined she would be. Kim's version of How He Loves has been viewed on YouTube over 23 million times, and you've also likely heard her rendition of one of my favorite songs, Holy Spirit. I'll play a little clip for you here. I could listen to that all day. (laughs) On today's episode, Kim and I talk all about her past few years, how she walked through a very dry desert season in her faith and relationship with God, and how Jesus brought her out of that season to create her new album launching August 14th called Wild Heart. Kim shares hilarious and relatable stories about how motherhood and being on stage have collided and why her husband has been the perfect fit for her unique lifestyle. We discuss how she's balanced faith in the thick of international fame, how she chose the first single from Wild Heart, and she lets us in by sharing her favorite song on the album. I'm asking Kim some rapid-fire questions near the end of the episode, including the craziest rumors she's heard about herself that were not true, the greatest public misconceptions about her and Jesus culture, and the greatest piece of advice she's ever received as a mother. This, you guys, is one of my favorite interviews to date, so let's dive in with Kim Walker-Smith. Hey friends, we were never promised that life would be easy. Sometimes it is hard and super crazy, but when we do life together, we find that it becomes a lot easier and much more fun. I believe in joyful life, in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long-lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. I love to dig deep and talk about the really raw things that people are not always comfortable discussing. And I'm also passionate about sharing practical tips that have helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. We will laugh together and struggle together. You will hear honest insights on strengthening your faith and your marriage, parenthood, how to's, and so much more so that you can live life and live it with joy. I am Lindsay Maestas. Welcome to the Living Easy Podcast. My my little girl just woke up from her nap. It was a little bit short, so okay. I'm going to just say sorry now. No, she please don't apologize. <laughs> my husband just took my kids to drive around for 45 yeah. minutes, so I totally get it, and I'm glad we're on the same page. How old is she? <laughs> She's three. Okay. And my, I, I brought my kids, I live in California, but I brought my kids up to Oregon um, so that they could camp with their cousins. Oh. So my boys are like out at the campground with their cousins and I brought her to my, I'm at my mom's house yeah. with me so she could 
hang out. Yeah. (laughs) I just want to introduce you. This is Kim Walker Smith. She is a solo artist. She sings with Jesus Culture and has sung for Bethel Church. And now Jesus Culture has its own church. Yep. That's right. Yeah. That's awesome. We're going on six years. Six years. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So the first time I heard of you, which I'm sure is many people's stories maybe, is the How He Loves YouTube video. And I was just saved at that time. And I still have your whole part of you just preaching, (laughs) totally memorized. And it was the first worship song after I was saved that I just played on repeat and just made me feel so connected. So for me, this is such a huge honor to be talking with you. I'm such a huge fan. My whole family, we just love you. So thank you for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. So I just want to jump in. Wild Heart, your new album, is coming out August 14th. And it's been three years since you released your last album. And you said previously that your previous album, On My Side, was written in kind of just a dry desert season. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about that season and how or if your emotions in life are different now as you've created Wild Heart? Yeah. So uh, the last record on my side, um, that that all those songs were written and that song, that album came out of a, a time that was just honestly, just really, really hard for me. Um, my stepdad who was dad in, in my life had passed away from Parkinson's disease. Okay. And, um, we had prayed for, for many years and he had, uh, prayed for many years for God to heal him and never stopped, um, believing that that was part of who God was. Um, and then I had, we had moved and in, to plant the church with Jesus culture. And in that process, I had uh, both my boys, I had my boys 14 months apart, which I did not mean oh, to do, wow. but that was kind of <laughs> crazy. So you're a boy mama, um, just boys. I, oh no. And your daughter. I just had my little girl. Yeah. So oh. my, my little girl came, came later, but I love that. yes. So had my boys and I had really severe postpartum after my second boy. And, um, in the middle of all of that, it kind of felt like one thing after the other kind of happening, just a lot of just really, really hard things and really big stressors, you know, moving, we had started a new business. Uh, our home that we were trying to sell had flooded. It was like just crazy, crazy things going on. And, um, man, in that time that like that kind of desert season, I, I learned a lot of things about that, but one of the things that was probably the most impactful for me was recognizing that God is the one who leads us into those seasons. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that I just stumbled into it. It wasn't that I made mistakes and found myself there. It was, um, it says in Hosea two, that the Lord is the one who leads us into the desert. And I realized that it was just for the purpose of meeting me where I was. And it was all about intimacy and growing and, and something I'd experienced before, but it's, it's different every time, you know, because you're kind of a a different person and in different seasons every time. And, um, coming out on the other side of that, uh, anytime I come out of a desert season, it feels like there is fresh life and there's a greater authority. It feels like there's greater intimacy that's been developed in that desert place with the Lord. But this time I kind of felt like I came out swinging a little bit. Like I came out with (laughs) kind of a fresh fight inside of me, yeah. <laughs> um, which the irony of all of this to me is that we came into the whole transition that we find ourselves in right now in the world with yes. the pandemic and 
it's like, it's crazy times. Well, that's what I was going to say is I feel like there are probably a lot of people listening who are like, man, I am in this desert season right now and I am (laughs) clinging on for dear life, especially parents, because it's a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I realized like coming out of that, I, it was like a, in the desert time, I think that's when there's, there is kind of new strength kind of forged inside of you. Mm. When, when you surrender to the season you're in, I mean, I think that's another thing is you go into a desert season and it's hard and your instincts are probably to fight or resist or go, what did I do wrong? And I got to get out of here. But I think that when we can recognize that the Lord is the one who leads us into those places and that there's, there's purpose in that season, when we surrender to that season, that's when those things start to be developed and grow inside of us. And, um, so that's what this record is all, all about and expressing kind of the life on the other side of that. But also I wanted a lot of, um, I want to kind of show not just the green and the abundance, but the dirt as well. Yes. The the nitty gritty of the fighting through something and wrestling through something. And yes, it is hard, but yes, it is possible. Worth it. Impossible. Yeah. And I, as I told you at the beginning of this, that's kind of the foundation that I've built my ministry on is the nitty gritty. And I think it brings people so much freedom to hear women like you saying, this sucked. I was in a bad place and I was struggling, but here's where I'm at. And I've still like the Lord drew me out, but taught me so much. And so I guess I would ask, do you have anything that you felt the Lord specifically taught you or that you'd like to share with our women listeners who might just feel like, man, I'm in the desert and God feels silent right now. Yeah. You know, uh, probably one of the most important things I've learned in this time and you know, it's one of those things that you kind of feel like, for me, it felt like this is something that God has spoken before and shown me before, but maybe something that I forget about, (laughs) you know, you know, when you kind of come upon a mountain and go, didn't I, didn't I face this mountain already? Why am I here again? Yes. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) for me, that's really living surrender to him. Mm -hmm. And I, I realize my brain has a tendency to kind of go, well, I, I, surrendered my life to him at this age and I gave my life to him and that's it. But the reality of, of being a Christian and a Christ follower is that you are kind of having to live constantly surrender to him. And for me, that's a little bit more of a challenge because I tend to be independent and try to do things in my own strength or try to like problem solve my way out of something. And so the moment I get into something hard or something difficult, or I'm kind of like, where are you? What are you saying right now? What are you doing? And if I don't hear him, if I don't instantly have an answer, my reaction is just to start, start running, start working, start doing something where I think sometimes he's just asking me to just stop and just surrender to him and just to wait and to listen, which is much harder. That's, that is much easier said than done, especially if you are a go-getter proactive. And especially if it's, uncomfortable. No one wants to just sit in an uncomfortable season or an uncomfortable moment. But I think that's where something is being birthed and developed. Um, for those of us who are moms who have given birth, we, we know about this, the discomfort that comes excruciating pain. (laughs) And you're just kind of at the mercy of that discomfort until that baby comes, you know, and there's, there's no, no avoiding that. So I, I think that that's, 
that, that the key in, in that is just surrendering, mm. just surrendering to the moment, surrendering to the discomfort, surrendering to wherever it is that you are, whether it, you hear something or not, and just waiting on the Lord and allowing his perfect time to manifest itself. That's so good. And just abiding in that. I was going to say, I always say that <laughs> there's nothing like being pregnant and being so uncomfortable that you're desperate for the pain of labor. God designed that so that you're ready. There's nothing. You're like, just get the baby out. I'm so uncomfortable. But I love that you relate that back to those pains because I think that's such a good example and analogy in regards to just resting and losing control because we're torn from the same cloth in the go-getter, take it all on. And that's something I've struggled with is feeling like some days I, I'm like, man, Lord, it's 9 p.m. and I haven't let you in to anything I've done today. I've just done it because I just do. And how empty that is when there's not a kingdom focus behind it. Like really, what is the purpose if I'm not focusing on on the ultimate goal. So thank you for sharing that because I do think that's very relevant right now. And we had shared, um, you'd shared that you are a mama of three and you've been a wife to Skylar for Mm -hmm. 11 years. And I've seen some video that you guys, videos that you've created music together. So you work together, you live together, you parent together. What would you say is one of the sweetest parts as well as the most challenging of both of those roles as mama and wife? Uh, you know, my husband, when we first got married, um, so I, I was 27 when I got married and that was older than all of my friends Mm -hmm. who had gotten married. I'd been single for a long time and I already had my career. I was already making music, recording music, going around the world, doing ministry conferences, events, those sorts of things. And he, I always joke that he married a tornado, um, (laughs) and and married into a, an instant ministry family with Jesus culture, you know? And, um, he told me one time there will be seasons when you're in the front and seasons when I'm in the front Mm -hmm. and seasons when we're side by side Mm -hmm. and I am okay with all of those seasons. And I, I realized that there is not anyone else who could have who could have been married to me. He's, he's not someone who needs to be in the spotlight. Um, we love when we get to do things and take things on together. And he's also been the guy who has laid down many things to take care of babies backstage while I'm out on tours and leading things and doing stuff like that. And he's never complained or, or any of that. And, um, he's a creative director for Jesus culture. So he's got a really big role right now with, within our church thing. he does all the creative everything, but I would say that that's been the sweetest part. It's just been being married to someone who, um, who walks in so much humility and love and who is really sacrificed. Yeah. Yeah. I would say probably the hardest has been that we are exact opposites. Okay. We are, I mean, on, on completely <laughs> opposite ends in our, our personalities. And that has been, uh, the challenge of our marriage sorting out. Cause it's not really, I mean, we don't, it doesn't usually affect too much in like career wise. It's more like the little decisions at home, yes. <laughs> how we, how we run the house, how we parent, how you the put kids. the toilet paper okay. on. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm super neat, super clean. He's not that way as much. Yeah. Like just all those little things. Yeah. I love that. And what about being a mama? 
What has been, obviously you mentioned postpartum. I can imagine that was very Mm -hmm. difficult. What has caused you to really grow in yourself? Because motherhood is so sanctifying. What would you say that's challenged you to grow? And what has been those that really sweet lesson that you've learned? A quick interruption. If you guys are enjoying this episode as much as I have, would you mind taking a second to scroll down on iTunes from the episode or from the main page of the Living Easy Podcast on iTunes to give a quick rating and review This helps me to continue getting guests like Kim on the Living Easy podcast and also just blesses me so much to continue moving forward. The Living Easy podcast has listeners not only in the US, but also in Saudi Arabia, Malaysia, Russia, and even Egypt. And by contributing to this ministry, you're literally changing individual lives. A star rating and some feedback helps to continue the Living Easy podcast to go to the edges of the earth. If you're interested in donating financially to this ministry to continue sharing the gospel, please go to patreon.com backslash living easy. On that page, you have the opportunity to be a part of the friendship thing, the coffee date thing, or the bestie thing. For the coffee date thing, we will have coffee together on a Zoom chat, ask and answer questions, and build real life face-to-face friendships. On the bestie thing, you get everything the coffee date thing has to offer, but you are a faithful friend and I see you and I want others to see you too. So we'll do a listener spotlight with one pledger of the bestie thing each month and the person chosen can record a two-ish minute recording of yourself or if you prefer I'll promote your social media account to my 40,000 plus followers as well as my email subscribers and I can add a Pinterest pin for you to my Pinterest boards. So this is all just a thank you for what you're doing. If you're able to donate the amount of a cup of coffee each month it's a huge blessing and contribution to this ministry. Again that's patreon.com backslash living easy or you can just click the link in my show notes. Let's get back to our episode. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time before marriage, before kids, working on really becoming the best version of myself, mm-hmm. really pursuing wholeness, both in my uh, mental health and my emotional health, spiritual health, all of that. And um, I've, I've invested a lot of work into that. And I don't feel like um, anyone's ever really arrived or attained perfection in any of those things. But I think that the beauty of it is just to, to at least always be on the track of growth and to always be pursuing growth. And um, having kids has ignited that fire even more in me um, of just wanting to be the best version of myself for them and recognizing that they get the best mama when I am taking care of me. And that was a hard lesson to learn. Mm -hmm. I would say my first few years of being a mama, I sacrificed constantly for them as mamas do, but it was to the point of my detriment where I was not well, I was not okay. I was not healthy. I was hanging by a thread. And I suddenly realized one day, um, I am no good to my family or anyone. If I don't make myself a priority and take care of myself. And so that was probably the greatest lesson I have, I mean, as you said, always learning from yeah. our kids, that, yeah. that's what they do. But that's probably the greatest one that I've learned that I've held on to is making myself a priority and taking care of myself, getting the breaks when I need them, taking the naps when I need them, getting a babysitter when I need it, like, um, setting certain boundaries, uh, 
there's just, there's little things. I I even have, this is like a a small thing, but it was a big one for me. Having a designated playroom and being like, Hmm. destroy this room, do whatever you want to this room. But the rest of the house is mama's. (laughs) So you can't, you can't bring this out. Cause I was like, I just need clean. (laughs) And I realized that that's really hard for them. They're little. And so the compromise and one of the greatest things was like, okay, I can, I can let go of one room and let them do whatever they want to it. And they can learn even at young ages to respect the rest of the shared space that we all have and keep it neat, not drag their toys out. So little things like that, um, to just take care of myself. I've, I've learned things like that. Yeah. I love that. That's one of the greatest pieces of advice one of my best friends gave me as soon as I had my first baby was as soon as you're ready and you'll know when you're ready, take one day a week and do whatever you want to do. Like go and get your nails done, go and sleep, just take naps all day and watch TV. And I think her giving me that freedom, just like you're giving freedom right now to moms who struggle with massive mom guilt that exists in almost everyone. But to have that like freedom to say, okay, you know what? I am a better mom. And I preach this all the time. Like I am a better mom. If I have that time to myself, when I come home, I'm not off the chains, like rails, just going crazy because I'm frustrated and depleted. We can just spend that time abiding in Jesus, give like having time to actually reflect on life and on our motherhood. Yeah, that's really necessary and healthy. So, moving on to your book, and I first of all, I just want to say I want to play a portion of your song in a little bit because I've just been playing your record. Thankfully, I was able to get it a little bit early on repeat, and it is so so good. But you've also written a book and. In the book, Brave Surrender, you're speaking vulnerably about your life, which includes abuse. And I read in an interview, tell me if this is true, that you've never shared those details with the public prior to the release. And so I'm just curious, like what, because for me, when I first posted my story on abuse, I literally just cried (laughs) as I pressed submit. And when it was picked up by magazines, I was like, oh my gosh, this is not the one I wanted. I didn't want this one picked up. This is raw of my promiscuity, my codependency, all those things, but freedom comes. And so what gave you the courage to speak out and what has come from that decision? Uh, you know, I, I realized that I never would talk about why I worship the way I worship or what makes me the worshiper that I am, um, in interviews or Q and A's or things like that. I always kind of avoided the questions or skirted around the answers or gave kind of a surface level kind of answer. And, um, I realized that I mean, all of who I am as a worshiper, as a worship leader, the way that I worship is all because of the fire that I have walked through and the the way that I have found Jesus in all of that and what he has done in my life. And I can't really talk about um, what he has done in my life without first telling you why he did it and what Mm. I went through, you know? And, um, I think that for a long time, I just was kind of afraid. I also had interesting family dynamics, you know, um, in my family, we never really 
talked about this stuff. It was kind of like the past is the past and we're moving on and we don't really talk about it. And um, my sister and I, we both had spent lots of time in counseling. So her and I had talked extensively about the things of our childhood and the things that we had gone through. Um, but not really with, with the rest of the family. And, um, I just kind of had this thing inside of me that I just wanted to be able to freely talk about what God has done for me. And I knew that in the same way that like one of the characteristics of me as the worship leader that I've heard people say a lot is I have a lot of freedom and I express a lot of freedom in my worship leading. And most people who have said that and talked about it, they, what they experience in that moment is an invitation for them to, to step into that freedom. You see someone being completely free and you kind of go, well, if they can do it, I can do it. Like they can be free like that. I can be free like that. I can worship Jesus like that. And I knew that if I could share my story and my testimony, that it would help bring an even greater level of freedom to other people who are dealing with or wrestling with, or who have faced the same things. And I also kind of felt this thing of, So another thing that's kind of marked my ministry is the vulnerability in worship of how I just kind of bear my heart to Jesus in worship. It's the best thing, Kim. (laughs) I just, I felt like, I felt like even, even though I have that, no one knew me Mm -hmm. is how it felt. Like I was kind of like, I want to be known. I I want to be, I want to be fully known. I don't want to just be an, an icon on a, on an album cover that is vulnerable when she sings, but no one really knows anything about her, her life. That just didn't feel right to me. So I just made the bold leap. And you know, that's very reflective. My personality, I don't start small, just like put it all out there. Black (laughs) and white. (laughs) So just, yeah, I just went for it. Just dove in, put it in the book and that was it. And do you feel, (laughs) do you feel a sense of like when that launch day came, were you nervous or were you just so ready that it just brought you that sense of, oh man, I'm so relieved. Um, it, it was both. It was both. There was definitely a feeling of relief, but there was also the nervousness, the, oh boy, one thing I did not plan on, um, was when the book released, uh, the, the publisher had hired to help you. They of course did their job. They set up a bunch of interviews right around the book release. And suddenly they're asking me all these like personal questions uh, about oh. the book. But I was like, I just didn't think about now I'm going to be talking to about say it. it out loud. I think in yeah. my head, I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm putting it in a book and that's it. It's out there. Yeah. And all of a sudden I've done interviews for decades. Yeah. Like this is, you know, but it's always about music. Yeah. yeah. I just did not think about, Oh, we're, we're going to talk about this now. Yeah. And that was like a whole new level. I would say that's when it really hit me. Like, Oh, we're, okay. We're, we're talking about this. We're going there. So it, it took me a bit to kind of, um, get comfortable, I guess. But it was kind of like, well, here we go. We're going now. It's it's, this train isn't (laughs) slowing down. (laughs) Well, thank you for setting that example though, because I think that is just what the, like we're talking about, there's so much, we keep connecting back to freedom and I, that's just who Jesus is. He brings freedom and that living water that satisfies among all other things in this world. And I think we can say that a lot as Christians and it just becomes cliche, but it's like, man, even in the thick of coronavirus, when we're reaching for control or we're reaching for some normalcy, we're reaching all these things. It's like, 
Jesus still says, I am the living water. That's all you need is in me. And in that is freedom. And so I think what you've offered through Brave Surrender is the freedom to those women to say, okay, she spoke up. Like kind of like the Me Too movement, you know, you see it just spirals and it's beautiful and you get emails and you get calls of like, thank you so much. You gave me the courage to... And that is the most beautiful gift. So I just want to say thank you for bearing your soul. Yeah. It can be uncomfortable, yeah. but it's so worth it. <laughs> thank um, you. Sure. And so you talked a little bit about being a, a billboard of Christian music sometimes and having your face out there and having the fame. And I don't even know how many millions, tens of millions of YouTube views that you have and listeners. There's a lot of fame involved in that. And I appreciate just like you sitting here with such humility and kindness because that's awesome and just just a positive experience. But I just want to ask, how have you balance that. I actually had a conversation recently with AD Camp and Jeremy Camp and he said, you know, mm-hmm. the Christian music industry, it can be a whole other game within itself. You know, it's really mm-hmm. difficult to not get caught up in all of the numbers and all and you have to kind of separate yeah. yourself. How have you navigated and balanced mm-hmm. your faith with the fame and not mm-hmm. fallen off the train? You know, you have Christian leaders and worshipers who say I was faking it because it was just my job. And I think that's a, I mean, a really scary place to be. So how have you balanced it to maintain solid foundational faith? Yeah. Um, I think one thing that's helped me, that's not necessarily the answer, but it's helped was that, um, this is never really what I planned on doing with my life, nor was it like what I wanted to do with my life. <laughs> really? Um, what did you want to do? I was, well, I, I wanted to be the first woman president. That's, I wanted to go into politics oh, actually. Yeah. So, um, and I was working as a banker when we were like a few albums in, I was oh. processing loans and I, um, I just, it, this is not what I had I'd planned. Um, really quickly. Have so, you taken the Enneagram, Kim? I am. I'm an you're an A. Okay. I'm, I'm an A, except that, um, one of my friends who is obsessed with it, she says she, she's convinced I fluctuate between eight and three. Three. Yeah. I was going to say you're, I'm a three and I could see a three so much, but I also know all of my eights are like hardcore entrepreneurs or business people or they're doing stuff. So anyway, I was just curious. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I, I think that that helps it just in, in, I feel bad for like the young young people who are dreaming of, of this as a career. And they ask me, you know, how do I do it? And, and I never have a, a, my answer is always, well, I I think you just fix your eyes on Jesus and he opens the doors when, when it's time. And they're like, yeah, (laughs) I needed more than that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but I, I keep people close to me who uh, have permission and are more than willing to burst my bubble. Um, if my, my head gets too big, they're happy to come in and, and pop that and, (laughs) you know, keep me humble. Um, also keeping my family close is, is actually a really great way of also remembering reality and humility. So my family has always traveled with me and my kids have always come on the road with me. And, um, I have spent many, 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 many times, uh, you know, I run off stage and a kid has just pooped and I'm changing the poopy diaper (laughs) and, and the, the baby needs to nurse and I'm nursing a baby. Then they're coming out and they're like, Kim, they're ready for you to go back on. I remember one time I was nursing the baby and they, they came out and they said, this, the speaker wants you to come back out. And I handed the baby over. I go running out and I realize that milk had 
come out, oh, like come through yeah. my shirt, just all down the front of my shirt. And I did not even realize. So I'm just standing out there on the stage front of thousands of people with this milk soaked shirt, just like, well, this is my life. Yeah. Baby's spitting up on me. I was pregnant on all of my tours. And I remember times in, in between songs running off stage to throw up, then run back on and keep going. Like just the poor thing. That's that, miserable. That, oh, it was miserable. <laughs> so miserable. But just that's, you know, one way of just keeping your family close keeps you in that place. Humility. Also, I learned a long time ago that the moment I let kind of like the praise of people become important to me uh, is the moment that then their criticism will just take me out. Yeah. And um, that was a hard lesson to learn. It, you know, it feels good when someone says, Oh, I, I love you. You did such a great job tonight or whatever it is. And um, then the moment that someone brings a, you know, criticism or attack, slander, anything like that, it's very painful. Yeah. And um, so now I've learned, uh, you know, that when the good stuff comes, I'm, I'm humble, I'm gracious, thank you, but it's going in one ear, out the other. Yeah. I'm not holding on to that. I'm not allowing that to feed any part of me. And then when the criticism comes, it's much easier to just let it roll off the back of me because- I've not made what people say important to me. Yeah, so. that's so good. I feel like that is God's protection to, like you said, in when you're not the other. Like that's not an easy thing to do when you're in the position no. that you're in. Um, I actually remember, I think this is John Mayer who said this a long time ago, but he said, I don't care who you are, me or Beyonce, whoever, you can go and perform and have 100,000 people tweeting about how good it is. And the one thing that's going to have power over you is the one person who says something negative. And so if you give power to the positive, you're also giving power to the negative. And I was like, that's yeah. so good. But I love that you're sharing your stories of motherhood too and the milk and all that. Because I think yeah. for me, like social media has actually helped me and obviously just getting older. But when you're little, you just have this strong idolatry of these people who are in the fame positions and you want their lives and everything. But I think seeing just reality is so good for our, although it can get messy, of course, social media just can, but I think it's so good for our generation to be able to see like they're just human though, you know, and just to yeah. be, I mean, the milk thing that would be like as a mama freeing for me of like, oh my gosh, she's just super yeah. normal. And yeah. again, bringing people back to that freedom to be human. Okay. So I want to quickly play a piece from the album, a song from the album. Um, I'm just going to do like a minute of it, but this is Breathing Room. Stand up. 
heart is wide open. My heart is wide open. As I breathe in every word that you've spoken, my heart is wide open. My heart is wide open. As I breathe in every word that you've spoken. So good. It's all so good. Okay, so I have a question. So as Taylor Swift just released her record sporadically, you're releasing Wild Heart. How do you, I've just always been so curious, like how does an artist choose their single? Like is it your favorite song on the album? Is it the song that's most reflective of the album? Like how do you go through that process? There's, well, there's a lot of factors actually involved. Um, the decision is made between myself and the record label. And for us, Jesus culture has their, we have our own record label and then we have a partner, which is capital records. So there's kind of two record labels involved and, um, we all decide together and it's kind of like, um, I, I mean, I would love if it was just my favorites, but it's kind of hard because I get super attached to all the songs. Yeah. And it's kind of like picking. Do you, you have a favorite? Your favorite kid, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's kind of hard, yeah. Um, yeah. but it's, we're thinking about, you know, um, these are worship songs. So we're, we kind of think about, well, what songs do we think will resonate with the corporate church? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, you know, out of all the songs, the majority of them would be great in corporate church and majority of churches could lead them in their churches. But there's going to be some that are like, well, that's a little bit more like listen to it and maybe a devotional time or something mm-hmm. like that. Maybe not as much of a corporate song. Um, but also you want to pick the songs that you think, people will love and get excited about the record. I mean, you want to pick your, as far as like the singles that you put out there, you, you want songs that people will listen and go, I love this. And I'm really excited for all the other ones to come out. (laughs) My, my favorite one is, uh, you'll always be that one actually comes out in just a few days. Um, and I'm really excited. It's my favorite. It makes me cry every time. Oh, I love that. Okay. Well, we will keep an eye out for that. Well, thank you so much, Kim. It has been such an honor. I want to do a quick rapid fire so people can get to know you. If you don't know, just say, I don't know. And that's okay. Okay. And then we will close out. Okay. So what are you watching on TV right now? The office. Okay. I love the office. But that's not really on TV, but you know. Yeah. That's what I mean. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What has been your favorite or most memorable performance of your career? Oh, that's a hard one. Well, probably how he loves. I mean, that's kind of the one that changed everything, changed yeah. my life. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> what is your go-to book of the Bible and why? Oh, um, well, probably Hosea, um, because it does talk extensively about the desert season and it does, uh, it's probably the one that I've resonated with the most and it brings a lot of encouragement to me in the hard times. Awesome. What is the craziest rumor that you've heard about yourself that was not true? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, oh my God, I think about that one. Well, with, with my, my last name being Walker, there's definitely been rumors of who I'm related to. Oh. Um, when um, Paul Walker, when he died in the, the car the, accident. The, 
Crash, remember? Yeah. He, he's an actor. He, he's he, from yeah, Fast he's an and Furious. In, yes, yeah. Fast and Furious. Yes. And um, people were actually uh, sending me messages of condolences. Um, some, for some reason, thought that we were related. And I, I thought that was kind of funny. Like, I mean, <laughs> how do you even you know, connect there's a lot the of walkers in the world? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was so a funny one. Yeah. I mean, but it's sad too. And, yeah. and so I had to like say, just so everyone knows, it's very sad that he passed away, but I am not related to him. Oh, so you don't need to send me condolences anymore. <laughs> so interesting. The connections people make. Yeah. But, um, okay. What is one quirky habit that you have that some people may not know? Oh, well, there's so many. Um, okay. This is a weird one. I have this weird obsession with, I'll open up the cupboard and, you know, get up, take out a cup and close it. And in that little window of time, I take an inventory. I know exactly how many cups I have oh, of, really? of the cup in there. And so when I pull it out, say there's like normally 10 cups and I pull one out and, and I counted really quick in my head. Like I just do it like that. Yeah. And I'm like, there's seven cups in there and I'm holding one right here. And I have this weird thing of like, huh. I need to know where are the other cups. And do I'm you do that with anything else in your house? Oh yes. Oh, yes. okay. I have, it's so particularity. Yeah. It drives my husband crazy. <laughs> oh. I, it, it's, it's a weird obsession with numbers and a photographic memory. Wow. It's embarrassing. It's kind weird. of a blessing and a curse though. I feel like, yes. yeah, it keeps you on I, top of things for sure. Well, my son who, my oldest son is a lot like me and he says, mama's the best finder. Oh. When, when things get lost, mama <laughs> will find it. And he, he loves that. And he's kind of the same way. He likes to keep track of his things and yeah, it's funny. That's funny. My, I'm the opposite and my husband will call it Lindsay looking. He's like, he'll ask someone if they can't find it. And he's like, did you look or did you Lindsay look? Because if you Lindsay <laughs> looked, you're not going to find it and it's offensive, but okay. Last question. What is the most common misconception people have about you or Jesus culture that you have heard? Oh, hmm. I've gotten a few of them. Probably the funniest one I would say is my age. People think I'm like a teenager and I'm like, well, no, haven't been for a very long you time. You are so youthful looking all the time though. Like from <laughs> your album art, which your album art is insanely good, by the way. It's so Thank pretty. But that to the how he loves concert, I'm like, gosh, man, this girl doesn't age. <laughs> I, I'm like, well, I look a lot younger than, than I am, I, I guess. And I, I love that. So I'll, yeah, I'll take that take one. <laughs> um, but I guess like a more serious one is when people think that we're just like, I don't know, like all about music and don't actually like know the word or have like real relationship with Jesus. I think that's kind of, that's not a common one, but it's one that has come up. And I think that's a little bit weird to just assume. Yeah. You know, I, I actually, know. it's so interesting because I hear that so much about just the Christian industry as a whole. And I think that's all it is, is just a sumptive, like tr almost trying to diminish the, what God has done in your yeah. lives. That's unfair yeah. to make those assumptions. Yeah. And I don't really listen to that stuff. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I admire that so much. All right. Everyone on August 14th, Wild Heart will be released. So download, stream, whatever you do, purchase. Thank you so much again, Kim. It was so wonderful. Thank you. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, the best thank you you could ever offer is to share the love. The simple act of taking a quick screenshot of the episode and tagging at Living Easy Podcast makes such a huge difference in this journey. If you're impacted, someone else might be too, so don't hesitate to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. 
Also, if you haven't already, please do scroll down from this episode to give a star rating and quick review for the podcast. It only takes a minute, but the impact is huge. Thank you all so much for your support. Feel free to connect with me on Instagram at livingeasypodcast and at lindsay.maestas. Love you guys.